All right. Blue by 90, episode 21. On this episode of Blue by 90, we talk about our top five quarterbacks. We then go on to our 2021 recruiting class. And then we go around the league a little bit, talk about some other Big Ten teams. And then we wrap it up with some defensive highlights, some of our best defensive players. Uh, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Blue by 90, and also on YouTube at Blue by 90 Podcast. Thanks and enjoy the show. This is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! Welcome to Blue by 90, your Michigan Wolverines podcast. We are four dudes who talk amazing blue. I'm Kalen, joined by Nate, Jack, and Roe. Guys, I hope you're all doing okay today. I hope nobody's got COVID. I haven't tested positive yet. All right, you all look okay to me if you're at home. So, All right, well, let's jump right into it, and let's jump into the most exciting topic of the day here quarterbacks quarterback is the most important guy on the field right um michigan we've had some decent quarterbacks but jack i think you got something to say so yes and actually um sadly going back we we've all got a list of top five quarterbacks at michigan uh during our lifespan and going back it's um not as happy as i remembered it when i looked at all the numbers but uh, we've we've all got our top fives here, and uh, we, do you guys want to go through like each of our number one, and then two, and then three, and then four, and then five? Let's do it. Yeah, kind of like all go good. around. Or do you want to go five right. first? Start we can go five, five first. Let's start with five. five. Let's start with five. All right. So so number five for me, in my lifetime, Michigan quarterback, um, I've got Jake Rudock. He went 10-3 and three in his only season at Michigan. Um, and, again, this is during our lifetime. Um, honestly, I almost didn't put him in there because he didn't win a game versus Michigan State or Ohio State. He only had one year to do it, but he lost to both of them uh, that year. But the positive thing about Rudock is he had the highest completion percentage out of all the quarterbacks that I have on here. And I believe he's either very close or he's number one for pass yards in a season. In, the, in that year with 3,017. So that's my number five guy. Not not much more to say about that. He started. He didn't start off too hot with Michigan, but he definitely got better and better and better as the season went on. Uh, but Jake Rudock, that's who I've, I've got for number five. Nate, what do you got? I got, uh, I got Drew Henson. This is uh, – there's no stats for any of mine, so you should know that. This is just <laughs> – my vague memory over the past 20 years, Drew Henson was like, I just remember uh, as a kid going like, oh, yeah, and I got my, like, number seven jersey. Um, yeah, Drew Henson, that's it. What do you got, Yeah, number, number, number seven for me was uh, was Henny, but Henson for me would have been on there, but I don't, I don't ever remember him playing, so that's, that's why yeah. I didn't have Henson or Brady. Henson or Brady I don't have on there because of that, for that reason. But, yeah, Ro, what do you got? I agree. I'm in the same boat. I also I feel like I have recency bias big time here. 
uh, in my list. So <laughs> number five for me is the one and only Shea Patterson. Um, he came in, I mean, without the, if you look at his time here at Michigan, without the hype that he was going to be a Heisman, you know, he actually did pretty well for us. And so I, there's no way for him to live up to those Heisman ex- expectations. Um, you know, can't, can't throw a deep ball to save his life, but he, um, you know, he got the job done for us. And I think we're going to look back at it and probably be like, dang, I miss Shay. You know, there's going to be times where, where he made plays happen that maybe couldn't have happened without him at the helm. I, I agree with that recency bias. I'm with it. I, you know, right now I'm like, you know what, I'm not a fan of Shay, but I think years down the road, I'll look, I'll look back a little bit more fondly on, uh, on his time at Michigan. For sure. Yeah, I think the stats are kind of in his favor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I struggle with this list because there's a lot of QBs that I really like, and a lot of them at Michigan have performed very much in the same boat, especially in our lifetime. Uh, but I got to kind of agree with Jack on this one, at least for my number five pick. Number five, I got Jake Rudock. Um, I mean, the guy was was not really anything before he came to Michigan and then he came here and he progressively got so much better that by the end of the year, I'm like, dude, let's throw the ball, man. Jake mm-hmm. Rudock. And then I'm watching lions games going like, dude, put Jake Rudock in. <laughs> right. Just the, just the level of comfort that I felt in that Florida game. It was insane. I was like, let's just throw the ball. Like, you know, 80% of the time it was crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. I really wish that he would have had more time at Michigan, you know, even just one more year and, and we're in great shape, I think. So, yeah. Well, can you imagine him with the 2016 team? That's like, what take I'm away saying, Wilton man. State and you put in Rudock, man, we're, oh. we're a dangerous team that year. I think we're in the playoff. No question. For sure. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. I like that. All right, Jack, what you got back from 2016? <laughs> <laughs> what you got for number four, Jack? So number four, I've got Shea Patterson. And again, like similar, like what Rose said, recency bias. When you look at the numbers, if, if we were to do this 10 years from now, and let's say Michigan, there was just no Michigan football in the last 10 years, uh, I think Shea might be higher on my list. Um, but the reasoning for him to be even on there at all, uh, he went three and three versus the rivals. He was undefeated against Michigan State. We were actually favored against Ohio State two years ago. Um, but I, I, I thought we were going to win that game. I think a lot of us did. Uh, but um, and, he, and he split with Notre Dame. So he was one on one with Notre Dame. Overall career record at Michigan was 19-7. and seven. Um, Didn't have the opportunity to win a bowl game. But he threw 45 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, had um, – 5,661 yards uh, passing for and at a completion percentage over 60%. So, um, like I said, based on the numbers, looking at all these guys, that's pretty – that ranks him on the top. Um, But the reason I don't have him higher on the list is he wasn't able to capitalize against Ohio State when we should have – you know, I believe we should have won some games. And it's not all his fault. Um, The defense has to not give up 60 points, so. (laughs) Right, right. So that, that's why I've got him number four. Um, so, yeah, I got Patterson, four, number four for me. Nate, what do you got? I had Jake Rudock, but, I mean, we already talked about him, so I'll, I'll let Roe. What do you got at four, Roe? All right, I think I have a little surprise here. Oh, but I'm going to go with Devin Gardner 
at four. Mm. I I think the talent he had was a phenomenal. And I, I actually watched him in the state finals in um in high school. He was unreal at Inkster High School. Like just an unbelievable talent. And so I think he got a bad shake here at Michigan because the coaching, the guys around him, you know, like it was I, I I go back to those games against Michigan State when we had like negative forty eight rushing yards. I think he got sacked honestly thirty times in that game. Like he didn't have an O line that could save anything. So he, I think, given you know better opportunities and and players and coaching around him, he could have been unbelievable for us just with the talent he had. He had a cannon. He was six foot seven, I think. I don't know what he was, but he was huge. <laughs> It seemed like it compared to Shea now, uh, when, oh, <laughs> the yeah. last quarterback we had, and so um, and he could move with his with his feet too. So um, that's my uh, number four. Yeah, I saw I saw Devin play at uh, I saw Devin play against Pioneer, um, and I was uh, I was a junior at the time, and it was at Eastern Michigan Stadium, and we were playing Pioneer the next week, um, and then. Pioneer ended up winning that game, even though Devin was just unreal. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to lose next week to Pioneer. <laughs> Dude, he almost right. beat Ohio State, too. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, 42-41, man. And he did he it on a broken on like a foot. Broken leg. On a broken yeah. foot, yeah. 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 That was the yeah. closest we've been to beating Ohio State in 15 years. <laughs> Well, 2016, but we don't talk about that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> what was he playing on like a broken foot too, right? One of the yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, my number four is John Navarre. Um, honestly, he could be ranked a lot higher on my list, but um, you know, I just remember even being a little kid, just going like, "Dude, why are you overthrowing every receiver?" So. I just no. I, killing me, Kalen. You are no. killing me. <laughs> How so, dare you? John Navarre, there couldn't be a more vanilla quarterback than John Navarre, like in the history Come of the on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What the hell, man? Dude, ask I love John guy, Navarre. Ask that guy to move in the pocket. <laughs> he couldn't take Show me a John Navarre rollout play. <laughs> you see his run in Minnesota? That was the best trick play of all time because nobody is getting. Nobody's expecting that. Nobody's Dude, gonna be like, oh yeah, John, John Navarre on this play with play. a touchdown pass. Dude, we need like a Michigan football <laughs> challenge where John Navarre races Tom Brady. I want to see that. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a close one. But John Navarre, he's beat Ohio State. Uh, I mean, he was a great Michigan quarterback, and that's my number four. So I'll turn it back over to you, Jack, and keep going down your list. All right, number three. I feel like. I feel like he'll be in everybody's top three, but for number three, I've got Denard Robinson. His numbers were insane. And looking back, when I was kind of going through it, I don't even think he – I'm trying to think who the quarterback was his freshman year, 2009, because I think he and Tate kind of split time. And I can't remember when Denard actually became the starter. So, um, I mean, his completion percentage wasn't anything to, you know, be proud – I mean, not – it wasn't awful, but he completed passes at 57%. Um, total yards he had in his time at Michigan, passing and rushing, he had 10,745 yards. That's insane. 
insane. He had 91 total touchdowns, uh, 49 passing, 42 rushing. Um, he went he went four and five versus rivals, but he beat Ohio State. It, it, although it was a down year, I do not care. He beat every single rival, and he's he's one of the only quarterbacks on this list um, to actually do that. So. He's my number three. He was definitely, I think I put him number one as the most exciting quarterback I remember watching uh, at Michigan, but I've got Denard at number three. Nate, oh, go for it. And the Sugar oh, Bowl. Oh, yeah. And the okay. Sugar Bowl. Forgot about Sugar Bowl victory. But yeah, go sugar ahead, Nate. Bowl victory. That was, that was crazy. That was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. That whole season was crazy. The Notre Dame crazy. game, that game, Jesus. Um, yeah, I, got, Nate, I, got, I got Tom Brady. Um, he's, I mean, I feel like it's just disrespectful to not put the goat somewhere in there. <laughs> and I, I do remember, his, right. I remember the Alabama game. Like I remember watching that at, you know, at my house growing up is, it, it was insane. So, uh, I don't know. That's more of just like a memory type thing. Like, oh yeah, my, I remember like, this is like my, it's just such a long time ago. I don't know what I'm talking about, bro. <laughs> 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 no, but looking back, if you look back at that game, though, like, it's crazy that they won that football game. He went lights out in the fourth quarter to come back. So, against Alabama. Um, what are, we're on three, right? All right. I had yep. I had Rudock at three. Um, I think even though he was only there for a year, he still had, you know, some of the best stats. And like, you, like uh, Nate said, you know, I haven't felt – that comfortable with a quarterback I feel since you know early 2000s so um yeah I had Rudock at three yeah my number three is uh Denard Robinson just crazy athlete super fun to watch I mean and he was he's kind of epitomizes a lot of the Michigan quarterback that I remember you know when I was in high school um just super fun to watch uh, amazing athlete. Nothing much more you could say than that. I mean, he was like, like the only I... thing to watch in that time, man. Yeah, was... that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't much more to watch. That's not a lie. But uh, yeah, I see Denard now, and I like my heart skips a beat. Right? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Denard. <laughs> so good memories with him for sure. Exactly. So Jack, what you got for number two? All right, number two, I got Chad Henney. Um, he went six and six versus rivals, uh, two and two versus Notre Dame, undefeated against Michigan State, but then another one where you know wasn't able to beat Ohio State. They did have the game in two thousand six, which was a crazy game. Uh, I remember watching when they were one and two. Um, but his his uh, stats as far as his time at Michigan, he had fifty nine point seven percent completion percentage, uh, threw for 9,715 yards, uh, had 87 touchdowns. Um, he didn't, I'm trying to think. The I, I think the highlight of Henny's career was probably the his last game against Florida. He beat Florida in the Capital One Bowl. That was Lloyd Carr's last game. Lloyd Carr's that was in between, game. in between Florida's two national titles. Um, so that was my highlight of watching Chad Henney, but I mean, like he was the guy. Like that's like when I really um, it was a little bit after when I really kind of remember watching Michigan football and really enjoying it and kind of buying into all of it. Um, so he's number two on my list. What do you got, Nate? 
Dude, I got Chad Henney. <clears throat> Chad Henney. Uh, you know, he was there for four years, and I remember there was some times where he was a little inconsistent, but just having a, a quarterback who starts four years in a row at that time was a big deal. Um, even though it was only like, you know, a decade ago, I remember it was him and Mike Hart and, uh, it was like, man, we got two freshmen in our back. It's like, it was crazy, but he did a great job and, uh, he's still playing in the NFL, which is really insane to me. He won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. He did. did. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) So Chad, any man, right right at Mahomes coattails. Yeah. (laughs) A lot, a lot of good memories with Chad Henney and yeah. A lot of. A lot of people would say that Pat Mahomes wouldn't be who he was without Chad Henney. So I believe him. At two, I had Denard, uh, mostly because of the excitement, you know. And and I think that if if um, if Richrod wasn't so damn stubborn uh, with our defense. And he let the defense actually, you know, we didn't run the three three nine. We have, you know, somebody else come in and he can, and somebody else can run the defense. We have a decent team there because our offense with Denard at the helm was throwing up fifty points a game, you know, but we'd give up fifty five. Our defense would. So if we have, um, you know, if Richrod changes his whole defense and lets somebody else run it, um, I think those years are much different. And Denard is seen. You know, I know his as a quarterback, he's not, you know, he's not your typical quarterback. Like Jack said, his passing stats aren't great. Um, But he also the same way, um, same thing with Gardner had a shit offensive line. You know, he was running for his life and thank God he could run. So um, and 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 the biggest thing, honestly, uh, the biggest reason why he's up there at number two for me is because he's a regular at my tailgates. So that's right. really why I put him up there. <laughs> I remember when we walk in the tailgate, I'm like, is that Denard Robinson? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's a, he's a regular here. <laughs> Makes my day Dude, Denard, too, when he, he put on some weight, man. Like, I saw him uh, – I think Jack and I saw him at one of the games walking down, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, dude. He, like – his like shoulders. He's, he's just... an NFL running back, man. Give yeah. him a break. He had to put on yeah, some weight. Yeah, he's got to put the dude. I mean, I'm just impressed, man. That's that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All well, right, Kalen, what do you got? My number two. Uh, it's got to be the goat, right? I got to mention him somewhere in this list, and I only put him at number two because I really. <laughs> Of course. Who else? Actually, it's <laughs> Nick Sheridan, right? Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. That's a good no. one. Stephen Three. <laughs> Stephen Three. <laughs> no. Tom Brady, of course. Come on now. Uh, no, but it's really just because I have kind of vague memories of him playing. I was pretty young. I can't, you know, I can't remember a full game with Tom Brady in a Michigan uniform that I didn't rewatch. Um but I have to mention him somewhere in this list, so I'm going to put him at number two. So I think that's fair. Jack, fair, bring fair us up to sure. number one. All right. And I, and I appreciate you guys mentioning Brady because I wasn't going to because I don't remember him playing at all. Um, I don't know what was going on with me at that age. Maybe I was just drinking too much pop and my brain was fried, but I do not remember <laughs> watching Brady or Henson play, so that's why they're not in here. But um, this may not be a popular choice. Uh, apparently to Kalen, he's not, he's not the number one quarterback, but I got John Navarre. 
John of R, man. I remember as a kid finding out his address. I went to his college house. I had to what? be I had to be 10 years old, nine or 10 years old. Went to his college house, had like a maze Michigan hat. And um I brought a football. My buddy and I, I don't know how I don't remember how we figured out his address. We found his house, knocked on his door. Pretty sure it was like a Saturday. They're probably like darting. And uh his like roommate or buddy or teammate answers the door and he's like, Can I help you guys? And I was like, Is John there? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, let me go get him. And uh he came out and dude, he was the friendliest guy. He was like, Hey, hey kids, what's up? He signed some stuff, threw the ball with us for a little bit. Um, that may or may not factor in to him being my number one. But uh, but honestly, when you look at when you look at the years, man, he the 2003 season was one of the was my first really memorable year that I remember watching Michigan football. We were undefeated versus our rivals. We beat Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Smarty all in the same year, which doesn't happen a lot. I think that was might have been the last time that it happened. That's true. Um, and, we, and we went to the Rose Bowl. I mean, we lost, but we went to the Rose Bowl. And I remember getting one of those T-shirts that had, like, Michigan versus USC Rose Bowl. Um, and that was, like, the first year that really was, like, Okay, I'm like diehard. I love this team. Um, I love this university, all that. So, um, yeah, John of R, number one. Anybody who else uh, who disagrees is wrong. Go ahead, Dean. <laughs> well, Jack, I think you'll be happy because my number one choice was also John Navarre. Yeah, baby. So, yeah. <laughs> I just, like you said, man, he, I just, he just seems like from a different era, right? It's just like, when Michigan people talk about like, oh man, like we used to beat Ohio State and, you know, Sparty was like, you know, kind of a nothing, right? And it's like, it's just, that's what I think of. It's like John Navarre, even though he like, you know, maybe he's not the fastest runner in the world. I just remember going like, man, those were like good times. Same thing with you, Jack. I mean, like, um, I just remember uh, the Ohio State game, right? My mom got me like a Charles Woodson jersey and it had the like a hundredth anniversary patch. Right. It's like they won. It was a big deal. Like, dude, John Navarre, he was the man. (laughs) He was the man. Do you guys remember those jerseys, too? Like back when Michigan actually went to the Rose Bowl, they'd get like the 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 Rose Bowl. The biggest Rose ever. Dude, that was the uh, dopest jersey ever. I love that. We need to like, come on. Jordan Brand needs to hire me. I want to redesign some of these uniforms, (laughs) get some of the old stuff back. That was like the coolest uniform. Well, that, that like, was when the sh- their shoulder pads were so big back then that they could have that big <laughs> of a logo on there. These that's guys true. are wearing like youth size shoulder pads. <laughs> they couldn't fit that logo on the whole jersey at this point. Do you remember when I was like, when I was in middle school, man, we had those like shoulder pads and you're just like this all day long, <laughs> right? You're like, yeah. how am I supposed to like hit somebody like this? Right. And then I, in high school, I got my first pair of shoulder pads that were like actually like fit my shoulders. I was like, oh my God, this is completely unreal. <laughs> so we went from John Navarre to shoulder pad talk. It was good. That was quick. Tom Brady sure. still got his shoulder pads though, right? Yeah. He still have his shoulder pads. Same that's, shoulder that's pads. correct. All right, um, my number one, I actually – so I didn't have John Navarre on my list. I, I know actually. that. It's fucked up. I, I feel like I am going to catch some flack here for that, but that's fine. My number one was Chad Henney. 
I I mean, I remember that those were like the good days of Michigan football. And I I specifically remember, I mean, the the throw to Braylon in the uh, against Michigan State on Halloween. Like that was I remember our power went out um on Halloween and so we had to go out to the car and listen to it instead. But um I mean it was it just felt like, and I and I watched back those um, those games too of of Chad Henney and, and being the four year starter is big and and Braylon Mario Manningham man those guys could fly and Steve I felt like Preston. Steve Preston those were the times where we like truly had a great QB to wide receiver combo um, and he had you know for him to have those with all three you know three of those guys who are three probably of the greatest you know wide receivers in Michigan history. That says a lot about Chad Henney. Kalen, what do yeah. you got? Finish it up for us. Yeah. Well, my number one is undefeated against Ohio State. He's undefeated against Michigan State. It's got to be Ryan Mallett, right? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I uh, wish it would have been. If we would have kept Lloyd Carr, we would have had Ryan Mallett. We would have been on a whole different trajectory. Yep. Yeah. That's in a different yeah. universe somewhere where we've beaten Alabama so 38 times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember being so hyped to have Mallet come in and then just bring in Rich Rod, which would blow up the whole program. Right. No, for real, uh, my number one, I'm with Roe. It's Chad Henney. Um, I mean, I agree 100% with him. He kind of represents that era of Michigan football where I was like, man, it just seems like, you know, we can actually win. Like, we have a chance against good teams and all that kind of stuff. I say all that. But I bring the stats up, and we were 0-4 against Ohio State with Chad Henney. But but I remember being younger, watching him, and just having that feeling of like, man, that's our guy, man. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And dude, Ro, not to not to cut you guys off, but when you were saying like the good old days, like we all remember that era as the good old days, right? Like that was Michigan football. That's who we loved. That's who we rooted for. In Chad Henney's first season, they went nine and three. So like a typical Harbaugh year like this yeah. year, but they went to the Rose Bowl. So that that's, it's, you know, it changes the whole perspective, right? 2005 season, they went seven and five. Really? Wow. And lost to Nebraska in the Alamo Bowl. So seven and six in 05. Wow. Whoa. In, the Alamo in, Bowl. in 2006, that's when uh, we were 11 0 going into Ohio State game. Um, we finished up 11 and two. We lost to USC in the Rose Bowl. Uh, and then 2007, we were eight and four after the regular season, and then we beat Florida in the Capital One Bowl. So, like, compare that to now, where like everybody has these unreal expectations, and and believe me, 100, I am that person. If if we look back at this, I'm just like, what am I thinking? Why do I expect Michigan football to Dude, be up here when we've never been past like here? Right? It's like, Nick it's all Saban, Ohio State. Yes, Nick Saban, Ohio State's dynasty. Like. These years, we were still losing to Iowa's. We were losing to, like, Northwesterns. But it's because Ohio State is up here, Bama's up here, all these teams are up on this fucking top tier, and we're just we're, – we're the same place, if not a little bit better. But because but that, of the that is, everybody else, we're – That is Michigan football, though, right? That right. People don't understand. Right. They think we're the Nick Saban, we're the Ohio State, we're the Clemson, we're, but we're right. not. We, we just have it's probably our fan base, which is us, 
<laughs> thinking that we are those people, that we're team, but we're really not. We're Michigan football. We're the team that goes, you know, nine and zero, and then loses to Iowa. Like that's I. My, I remember in 2016 when we went down to Iowa and lost, and I watched it with my dad, and I was, and my dad's just like, I have seen, I've watched that game a hundred times, like. That specific game I've watched happen to Michigan every single year where yep. they somehow shit the bed at, you know, some time, you know, whether it's the last game of the year or somewhere in the middle, like we all get hyped up, but we end up that nine and three, 10 and two, you know, that's Michigan football. If you really look at it, how many we've gone, you know, 12 and 0 or 11 and one, how many times? One, two, three in the last 30 years. You know, we're just we're really not that team. And and so it's it sucks, but it's the reality. And yeah. well, it would I think, help I think I think too, like a lot of that stuff you hear is like I, I got high school buddies who, you know, Michigan fans, right? Like I text them and see what they're doing. They're same thing. They're like, eh, you know, we we kinda always been like that, you know. So I think there's like there is a lot of fans who have like some sort of like reality that they like <laughs> that they live in and then there's like another side where there's like some crazy hysteria that's like you know just brings out the like two-year-old in you where you like want to you know well it's also I get, I get i get pissed right i mean i mean i you gotta yeah, I, I hate to sound like the president but i think a lot of this is fake news right manufactured <laughs> by the media in a lot of ways how many times have you seen you're right right. seen people on uh, you know espn going like jim harbaugh can't get it done blah 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 well if you look at the history he's already got it done so now he's he's in uncharted territory right yeah i will say that the thing if you do go back to you know lloyd carr and even and before that bo you know bo didn't win a national championship i don't believe right But what they did do that Harbaugh hasn't done is they've won the big 10 consistently or we're, you know, in contention. So we haven't even gotten to that point, you know, where we're, we have one year in the set that we were second in the uh, big 10 East or whatever, you know, but we're third and fourth in the big 10 East. So that's what they have done that Harbaugh hasn't done. But I mean, your point, all your points are completely true. and, And it's definitely, you know, we're the we're we're the fun team, you know. We're the Texas that you know when Texas says Texas is back, you know, like no, you're not Texas. We're that oh, team. We're the, the Cowboys of the yeah yeah. <laughs> we we have a gigantic <laughs> fan base, right? So it's a target on our backs at all times, and it's easy to poke fun uh, when we when we fall short. Very well said. Very well said, and I hundred percent agree with that. So um, I've got a trivia question for you guys since we were ooh. talking about quarterbacks. I, I, I thought of All something right. and I looked it up. So I, I figured it out. If you could each go around and guess who was the last Michigan quarterback to beat all of their rivals, like as far as like Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State, whoever we played that year, as far as a rival, um, to beat all of their rivals in a season and win a bowl game. That's tough. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's man. I don't think the '97 team beat Notre Dame. I think they beat lost all the rivals and, and they, win the bowl they game. They didn't necessarily have to play all three of the rivals that year. 
So was they it could like have someone? Only played, they could have only played Michigan State or Ohio State or just played Ohio State that year. But as long as they went undefeated versus the rivals that year, that counts. Was it like um, someone on, on our list. list? He was on somebody's list. Yes, he was on somebody's list. Yeah, it's Tom Brady. Eh. Kalen. Was it oh, John Navarre? Denard. Eh. Nope, not Denard. Bro, what do you got? Um, Henny. Nope, Drew Henson. Oh, Drew Henson, two thousand. Brady. Michigan Brady's State and Ohio State. Counterpart. Yep. yep. He beat Michigan State and Ohio State, and then he beat Auburn in the Citrus Bowl. Yep. That was the last time we beat all beat our rivals in one season and won a ball game. Do you ever wow. think about too that what if it were to happen today under Harbaugh if um, we did the same thing that Lloyd Carr did with Tom Brady and Drew Henson and just went like one starts the first quarter, one starts the second quarter, and whoever does the best in that game starts the second half. That's literally what Lloyd Carr did back then with Drew Henson and Tom Brady. It I'm seems, for it. If, but if, if I'm just saying, if Harbaugh did that today, the media and probably his own fans, including us, some of us, would be like, <laughs> "What in the hell are you doing? Like, we got to stick with one guy. Like, you're insane." <laughs> You know, I, but Lloyd okay, Carr so this, did it, and it turns out it was the GOAT and Drew Henson who actually had a great career, too. So did did that happen every game? Yeah, he did that for an entire Oh. Season. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, maybe not. First, I don't know. The first part of the season until I think um, Brady ended up taking over at some point. He started out playing Henson by quite a bit, but he did it for, like, a good chunk of the season. I would almost kind of like that with McCaffrey and Milton, though. We might like, be there. Against kind of like the, you know, the lower level teams. Like when we play, I think, Ball State and Arkansas State. Fuck it. You know? Let me see both of them. <laughs> yeah, but I thought Lloyd Carr did that against like Notre Dame. Like it was like serious games. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, you know? You're saying that now, and then watch we're playing like Ball State in the fourth quarter. Or like we're, getting, we're getting killed. <laughs> like, what the hell, Harbaugh? Who, who thought he should have done that? We're going yeah. back in the oh, day. Man. <laughs> That's a great question. That's a, Oh, man. That's some good trivia right there. Okay. Well, we'll take it from, uh, from the best of a bygone era to the best of the future. So, Nate, I know you have some stuff to talk about in terms of recruiting and some recruits that hopefully will pan out. I do. <laughs> well, I butchered it last time. So this is our but, second. Okay, John so Perry's I'll lead team, you. But... I'll lead you through it this time. Okay, how's that sound? That okay. sounds good. I, yeah. <laughs> okay, I know that we have some good linemen coming in because this is a great lineman class. Uh, we especially because we have a lot of new linemen this year. We're going to be seeing a lot of new guys coming in who progress and probably take their spot in the next three to four years. What kind? Tell me who's like the best two to three linemen coming in in this class. Best two to three linemen coming in this class. Uh, I don't know. I ooh, well, we got we got three commits. I think Giovanni El Hadi. Like I, I really hope he does not decommit. Um, I there's I, I heard him in one of his interviews talk about LSU a little bit. And honestly, all of our guys, it seems like who we're looking at are also getting looked at by Ohio State, LSU. So 
um, Notre Dame. Uh, so I'm happy that all these guys are being considered by big time programs, but we got three commits so far. Um, Raheem Anderson, Greg Crippen, Giovanni El Hadi. And then we got to wait on these two other guys who are both from Clarkston, Michigan, uh, Garrett Dellinger and Rocco Spindler, um, whose dad played in the NFL. Um, so those guys have talked about being a package deal. Uh, I know Garrett Dellinger is currently they're, you know, uh, projecting him to go to LSU. So we'll see. But we got a lot of talent here. There's still other guys too. We got um, a whole bunch of four stars. Uh, honestly, this is going to be a great offensive line class. And Ed Warner, man, he's obviously doing a great job. Oh, yeah. So. Um, really excited about that class. And then you get a great offensive line and guess who you got as your quarterback, JG McCarthy, right? Super accurate, um, can hit tight windows. Um, some of his, some of his passes that he has where he's given these like back shoulder type of throws insane. I mean, so I'm really excited to see, uh, see how that turns out. Wait, we have a, we have a hyped up quarterback recruit coming in. We've never (laughs) seen this before. Hey, stop it. Okay, I can, I can dream. <laughs> well, it's funny hey, you say that. Imagine, he, oh, he's doing that too. Ethic. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but Nate, cool imagine thing. this. Go Check, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, another cool thing I like about <laughs> JJ McCarthy, and I don't know, maybe it's just my experience. Like when I played sports, dude, hockey players are insane, right? They're just so tough, right? He played hockey, was like you know considering which which sport he should like choose right oh, so really? dude, I, I love back it's like a hockey player i don't know that's just like i like a guy who's tough can stand in the pocket take a hit make a deep throw boom so i'm excited yeah, i think I that's true that. that. yeah what i mean like back with the hockey player it's one of the i think one of the best athletes i ever you know i, I ever knew or played played a sport with um Kayla and I played baseball at Pioneer. We played with Travis Mazies. He was a stud hockey player, like was going to play USA hockey. He ended up um, playing baseball for Michigan, but one of the most unreal athletes I've, I've ever played a sport with. Um, but Nate, what I was going to tell you is imagine we get all these offensive linemen. We got JJ McCarthy coming in, possibly Donovan Edwards and your boy, Blake Corum, your boy, Blake Corum's back there. Yeah, man. RBU, RBU's here. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm telling you, we I, give him a good line. Know, I mean, you know what's crazy though? We're 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 fourth in the Big Ten right now, but I mean, like we still got to wait to see it play out. A lot of the, I think, like right. uh, Minnesota has a higher rank than us, but they they just got like a whole bunch of three stars, right? right? And so, we're looking at bigger guys, right? Like four or five yeah. star guys, hopefully commit. Yeah. Well, the thing with the 2021 class is, for a long time, it was only JJ McCarthy and Giovanni El Hadi. Um, so those guys have been there for a really long time um, and doing some of the legwork on the recruiting, reaching out. So I've heard that, um, what's his name, Rocco Spindler? Um, I've heard that that guy talks to JJ all the time. I read some article that Rocco said he gets 80 to 100 texts a day from different recruiters and other like players trying to recruit him. And the main rival for him is Notre Dame. So some of these other schools that... You know, we play against like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State. Great schools are competing for the same players. I think that puts us in good company. What do you think about that? Agree, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, yeah that I was think one that... thing I, that I put up on um, on Instagram. That little video 
was when, you know, this whole JT Daniels thing kind of uh, became popular and um, talking about JJ McCarthy, he's, I mean, not only the most talented guy in the class right now, but he's one of the best recruiters that we have in that 2021 class. And uh, he can sway Rocco Spindler to come play at Michigan. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely – J.J. has been working his butt off to uh, get a line in front of him. I think he knows, like, I can't be the guy at Michigan if there aren't five big dudes in front of me that are going to do the legwork um, before me. So um, it's awesome yeah. to see that. Um, I will say on a, uh, on a negative note, I'll be a negative Nancy here for a minute, but um, I feel like – we're we're still just so far behind Ohio State in recruiting, man. It it just hurts because I see them get five star after five star after five star, and I think I saw something like they have more five stars coming in than the rest of the Big Ten, or more maybe it was top one hundred uh, recruits coming in than the rest of the Big Ten combined. You know that's just yeah. insane to me. That's an insane stat, and and it doesn't bode well for the future. I feel like for us, but. You know what? I think that there's also a, something to say for there's something to say for those five stars, but there's also something to say for us getting guys that buy into the program and work their butts off for it. You know what? Mark D'Antonio made a freaking living off of three stars that wanted to come play for him and bought into the program. So if Jim Harbaugh can do the same thing, then we'll be all right with these uh, not five stars. And I'll. I'll add in as well. Um, like I talked about, we needed like an it guy. And I think all these great surrounding pieces with a couple dudes who are just incredible can surpass us. Maybe just in that one game, you know, in November. So, yeah. I'm with you. Yep. hundred percent. Okay. Well, it sounds like we got some good recruits coming in and it sounds like, you know, we got recruits doing the recruiting as well as some really great coaches doing the recruiting as well. So hopefully we get the right guys in the right spots to win the right games. Um, So from there, I would like to move into, we know what we're doing. What is everyone else doing? What's going on around the big 10 Ro, I think you got something to say here. So, yeah. So I'll give you guys um, like my top three, schools or top three teams from each division in the big 10 that I think will, will be at the top next year. Um, I'll start with the West, which is obviously not our division. Um, it's still going to be Wisconsin. I, I think in the West, um, they've been at the top for the past, you know, three, four years now. Um, it's a, definitely a closer race than it has been in the past few years. Um, with, I think Minnesota coming up as number two, um, but I still think Wisconsin is up there. Um, they're going to have Jack Cohn back there still as their um, QB. They do have to replace Jonathan Taylor, who was, you know, outside of um, um, what's his name? I can't think. Who's their Heisman uh, guy? Melvin Gordon. Wisconsin. Melvin Gordon and the um, yeah. So he, he, you know, um, Jonathan Taylor is up there as one of the best running backs in Wisconsin history. Um, so replacing him won't be an, any easy task, but they have the line. The offensive line is, is what really does it for them. So they have um, a junior, Nakia Watson, coming in, um, who's probably going to be a stud too. 
you know, they, they recruit, um, you know, the offensive line and the running backs and kill it there. Uh, Minnesota though, I think is really close behind. They had an unbelievable year last year, ended up beating Penn state for, um, PJ Flex signature win. And, and he's, you know, he earned his contract there. I think they're really building something. Um, and they've got a lot of guys on the offensive side that are coming back. Tanner Morgan is a stud quarterback that's coming back and he's bought into that program and he leads that team fearlessly. They've got two uh, wide receivers that were unbelievable last year too. Um, Rashad Bateman and Chris Autumn Ball who have both been studs for them. So I think they'll be a close second. I really do think it's a toss up um, as far as one, two in the um, who could be in um, going to Indy in the big 10 West. Um, And then Iowa, I think is the third team there. Um, Iowa has to, um, they have to uh, replace Nate Stanley at QB, um, which is not an easy task. He was there for uh, a few years. So, Spencer Petras will be the guy there. They've got Tyler Goodson at running back and, and uh, Mika Sargent, who they'll be a, a one-two punch there. They Last year they both had, I think, 700 and 600 yards or something like that. So um, they run it, uh, run the ball a lot, obviously, uh, but they'll, they'll be uh, taking uh, probably the same amount of snaps there. My sleeper for the West has got to be Nebraska. I mean, Scott Frost, they, he, he's obviously underperformed um, so far since he's been there, but I just think that he's got to be, you know, at some point he's got to put it together. Adrian Martinez is a stud at QB. They've got to figure that out. I think that, you know, they're in year three now, I believe, with Scott Frost. It'll start really clicking here, um, and, and they'll start moving forward um, a lot better than they have in the past. Um and then on the east side, which is Michigan's division. So um, no surprise here. I have Ohio State at number one. Justin Fields, is a he had 40 touchdowns and one interception last year. So I don't know if, if he can top that, then everybody in the, in the whole NCAA is in trouble. Um, Skip him the Heisman. He, he probably is going to be the Heisman front runner going into the year, honestly, between him and Trevor Lawrence. Um, but – um, they do have um, some question marks uh, for sure. Um, so they have to replace J.K. Dobbins. Master Teague has an injury, I believe, is the is the rumor. Who knows what's going on there? Um, I saw Jack smiling when you when you said Master Teague. It is, it's a <laughs> that's a Hall of Fame right. name, man. Oh you, yeah. You they his parents named that baby knowing he was about to go to the NFL for sure. Oh. So. <laughs> Um, but they've got a couple other guys, Demario McCall and Mar- uh, Marcus Crawley, who are both studs too. You know, they that's what Ohio State does. They have depth at every position nearly, and so even if Master Teague isn't the guy, they're still going to be be all right at the uh, running back position. Um, but they do have a lot more question marks on the defensive side. So um, they they have guys that have come up, but guys that have not gotten snaps. You know, Jeff Okuda is going to be Hopefully he's going to the Lions, but um, they he's going to be a top three pick um, in the NFL draft. So replacing that type of talent is tough in the secondary. And then, of course, Chase Young is is probably going to go number one overall. So um, those guys, uh, you don't – I, I, I want to say you don't replace those guys just with anybody, but it seems like Ohio State tends to do that. Um, but they, if, they, if anything, they have uh, question marks in their defense. Um, 
I would put Penn State probably um, at number two here. They're very close with Michigan. Uh, Sean Clifford had a great um, great year last year for them, um, but they do lose K.J. Hamler. I know every Michigan fan knows who K.J. Hamler is after the year last year. He was he torched us on you know three different plays, and I think he had 300 yards. So um, it, he they'll have some new wide receivers coming in, but Penn State will still be solid, I think, with a veteran QB in there. Um, and then Michigan, of course, um, who knows who will be the quarterback um, coming into the year. Um, and we have to replace some guys on the old line. <clears throat> but we are RBU coming up, as you all know, um, <laughs> according to Blue by 90. Um, and, and so we'll be we'll be good there. We also have um, some guys on the defensive side uh, that have come back. You know, Ambry Thomas and Vincent Gray, are, and we have we have a solid um, secondary and Daxton Hill, who we're all very excited about at the safety position. Um, the only thing that we uh, don't really know about the defense is the D line. Um, so our D line is going to have some new faces, possibly in, in Mozzie Smith and a couple other guys. So. Um, I have Michigan at three there, um, but I think that, you know, between Michigan and Penn State, it's it's a toss-up for um, for the top two, two and three spots there. Um, we'll see how the year goes. And then <clears throat> Indiana is my sleeper. So Indiana went seven and five last year. That's their, fir- that's their best record since 1993. Um, so it's been a long time coming for them there, um, but I think that they could be moving in the right direction. Um, it seems like we have a tough uh, game with Indiana every single year for some reason. Um, but I think that they could they could make some noise and, and maybe have some upsets coming up here um, in the Big Ten East. You got you got uh, Michigan at three, man? Just like taking have... a very safe pick. You're like, eh, I don't want to get too down if it doesn't go the way I hope it does. I'm trying to manage everybody's expectations here. We, <laughs> if I put last us at one. That last year I was that dude. This year, I, I think we got a shot, man. I'm, dude, Nate, last I'm year excited. you were like breaking my heart. Last year you were like, <laughs> we might win six games. Dude, I've said it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't always agree with Nate right away, but his track record speaks for itself. If he's on the hype train, I'm on the hype train. I <laughs> He called that it, we weren't going to be that good last year. We weren't that good last year. He talked about, um, God, who did he talk about last year that I didn't think was going to be that good? And they were really good. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, you talked about Chris Evans going to be coming back and he's going to be really good. So, I'm buying into everything Nate has to say. So if Nate thinks we're good, I, I say we're winning the Big Ten. At least get the, uh, at least get the, the, only, the uh, title. We get a trophy for it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm now the I'm now the um, only guy here with a beard. So I don't know if there's some magic to it, but yo, Jack, what was you you just uh, just leaving me just leaving me hanging now? Just decided so to shave all off. I've got a, I'm. I'm a weird guy, guys. Okay, and and when I get bored, I do I do some weird things. I'm honestly shocked. I still have st- hair on on uh, on top of my head. But so what happened is on the weekends, Heather and I eat out. All right, so we ended up getting B dubs. We got some wings. They weren't boneless. They were traditional wings. So Nate, as a guy with a beard, when you're eating boneless wings or traditional wings with sauce on them, they get all in your beard, and it's it's just it's unbearable. It makes me cringe. Like I feel like I have like nails on a chalkboard it's just it's it's awful so i um 
<laughs> I ate half of my wings that were on my plate, couldn't take it anymore, went to the bathroom, <laughs> shaved my beard off, <laughs> cleaned off my face, ate the rest of my wings, and it was delightful. Jim. I was so happy for the last 15 minutes, and I went, like, I woke up this morning, looked in the mirror, and I was like, Jesus. So <laughs> I, I, I regret it today, but yesterday it was a great, great choice for me. Yeah. I've never heard of that appreciate chicken chicken wing eating uh, event. <laughs> It's a move. That is it's a move. The before and after. We'll put you on the new B-dubs commercial <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. Give me up there with Bob Maneri. <laughs> we'll have to see if any of our listeners have any weird eating habits like that. Like I I I've never heard I've never heard a beard getting in the way of your wings. That's oh, great. Dude, it's awful. Like it's just on the sides and you can't like lick it off. So you gotta like wash your face. Like at least if you have like a <laughs> Clean shaved face, like you can like wipe it off with a paper towel. If you've got a beard, like the smell stays in there. It's just I can't handle it. So I had I had to do something. So what made you more uncomfortable, eating the wings with a beard or watching Shay try to throw a deep ball? <laughs> ooh, ooh, good question. Tough, tough um, Oh God! I, I I'm I'm gonna say Shay. I, I, I don't have this issue, so I I just eat the chicken wings. It's probably because I'm just I, I like, oh my God, okay, it's time to eat. You know, I don't even. Focus I gotta on say it. the chicken wings. The chicken else. wings bothered me more. Oh man, I think they did. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that was a great report from Bro. Can we can we just acknowledge that? Like, I'm about to type that up and send it to Jim Harbaugh. That was great. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't have Michigan higher. I, I I wish I could have Michigan higher, but you know I I'm not on your hype train yet, Nate. Because you know why? We have to go to Columbus, and I have been to Columbus way too many times and gotten my heart broken. So I will be hesitant until we get past that. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, we got to move past Penn State, and then we got to move past the. The beast that is Ohio State, and that's just at this point. I mean, I'm, I don't know. It seems not very likely, but I have hope. So <laughs> we always got to have hope. So you got to have hope. Yeah, it's about all yeah. we got. All right. Well, I'm gonna move into the next part, our next segment here. Um, where I got to have hope is that we can stop the run at Ohio State, and that our defense can actually stop can stop them enough that we can put up some points, right? I think our defense has been has has been the question mark in big games. Is that fair to say? It's more than fair to say, for sure. Okay. Well, I read an article from USA Today where ESPN predicted Michigan defense at number 11. Um, and their reasoning was that they're good – but they're not great. They can't, they can't, you know, stop the really good teams, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, even the Penn States, right? Um, and so what I want to see is where is this team headed? Is there hope there? And I really think there is. I mean, yeah, we lose out like Khalid Hudson, Uche, Lavert Hill, um, but we have some guys that I think we can kind of plug in and some guys that if if we give them time to improve that we can plug them in and they'll really shine. Right. Um, so right up, right away up front. I mean, 
uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay, those guys are going to be great. Um, but there's also some other guys that could step up. Uh, Taylor Upshaw, David Ajabo. And I don't know if you guys remember this kid that they found in Germany that was just like a phenom athlete, Julius Welshoff. Yep. This is a good time for him to play uh, play some good defensive end if he can step up. The kid was like 6'4", 240, and he ran like a 4'5", or something absurd. So, I remember that. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So this kid's just been practicing, and I'm like, dude, it's a good time to get him on the field. Why not? Well, and I will say to add to that, you know, if there's one thing that Don Brown has done is he's created these guys that, you know, out of nowhere have become really good on our defensive line. You know, Chase Winovich, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, those guys weren't huge recruits, you know, and they aren't even the biggest guys out there. But, you know, Chase Winovich is out there playing on the on the Patriots and Aiden Hutchinson is one of the top defensive ends in the in the Big Ten. Yeah, and I hope he can take who I think is our guy with the best name on the team, Luigi Villain. I want to see yeah. that dude on the field just so that I can be like, dude, his last name looks like Villain, dude. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so, Love it, yeah. I think defensive end, we got some good depth there. Defensive tackle, um, we kind of, you could see us getting steamrolled there. I think a little bit we were playing that three-man front. We had Carlo Kemp, who I think is a great team leader. Um, but I think we might have some better athletes who have just really started to progress. And so that's where, when we're talking about guys, I think you had already mentioned, Ro, Chris Hinton, Mozzie Smith. Those are some big boys, highly re- uh, ranked recruits. Um, and I think they can really step up. Even guys like Donovan Jeter, who's been there a little bit longer, He's also a big boy, and he can step up in that defensive tackle spot. And I think we could even run a four-man front here. I don't know if there's any input on that. That would be beautiful. Can you imagine, well, too, like Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton, like right in the middle there? Oh, yeah. man. With Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson on the outside? Oh, God. That, like, give me – yes. I would and, love and, <laughs> and what that – what that does then is free up our linebackers so we don't have to blitz four downs every, you know, it, that's what it seems. And, and I like that we blitz a lot because it puts pressure on them. But you know why Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, the ones with the big boys up, up front, why they are so good is because they're, they can do a three and four man rush and still get pressure on the quarterback. And so I'm, you know, as much as I love Jordan Glasgow and, I saw somebody talking about how Jeff Spate, is, Wilton Spate's little brother, who's a D lineman and he's a walk-on, how he could be contributing. You know what, man? I'm sorry, but I want those four- and five-star guys, the big boys, Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith, uh, to come up and plug those holes, man, and create pressure and create havoc you know, right from the get-go. And then we can allow our, our um, linebackers to free up and cover some of these tight ends and it just makes it so much easier for the rest of the defense to actually do their job instead of having to always – the only time it seems like we can get a stop or get a turnover is if the quarterback's running for his life. You know, if the quarterback ends up has, having time against Don Brown's defense, we have – there's somebody open that they end up finding. So I like those guys for sure, like you said, Kalen, to go in and, and – with a four-man front to, to cause some havoc um, up front. 
And if we do have a four-man front, like I'm I'm confident in the two deep, right? We've got at yep. deep tackle, we've got Carlo Kemp, Donovan Jeter, Mozzie Smith, and Chris Hinton. So right, mm-hmm. so we got the two deep covered. At the edge for our edge rushers, we've got Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Ojabo, um, Valane. We've even got uh, the Taylor Upshaw. We've got the friggin' guy from Germany you guys are talking about. Like it sounds <laughs> like we have some we have some depth there. Where if we can run a four man front and get constant pressure on the quarterback that way, I mean. With the guys that we've got in the secondary, Brad Hawkins, I think it's going to be his senior year. Um, Vincent Gray, I'm super high on. Like, I love him. Ambry Thomas is back. Daxton Hill's got a year under his belt. Um, Andre Seldon might get playing time. Um, obviously, we have yeah. Josh Ross and Cam McGrown back. Like, I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm, I'm really excited for this defense and to see what can happen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm really, I'm really not worried about linebackers, to be honest, just because, I mean <clears> – <throat> We got Cam McGrone. We've got, um, I think Josh Ross, and then I keep hearing, I keep hearing great things about Anthony Michael Barrett. Solomon, Anthony yeah. Solomon, yeah. Um, so I mean, I think that group is pretty well set, and I, based on what I've heard and read about, they feel very comfortable with the guys they got in that group, and the group we really need to step up is the secondary, right? And Jack, you already touched on a lot of these guys: Vincent Gray, Ambry Thomas. Uh, but another guy that I think might get a good shot is um, Jimon Green. I don't know if you remember those two brothers. Um, twins, all right? <clears throat> yep. So Jemon Green and um, German Green, I think is his brother's name. Those two guys will get a good shot is DBs. Um, another guy who I think honestly has a really good shot to play, Andre Seldon. I mean, they need all the athleticism and speed they can have at those positions. And Selden, based on what I hear, fast, super athletic. He can jump out the gym. So, I mean, I say put that guy on the field. Why not? We had great success with Dax. So what do you guys think about that? Whoever the best athlete is, throw him on there. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah, and I think, you know – we got to do some different packages where to get these guys in. If they're if they're good enough to be on the field, don't make them sit. You know, we even though we've got too deep, you know, where we have studs at both, you know, the ones and twos. I think you have to get these guys onto the field somehow and get them, you know, real live reps in big games. Um, that's where we I think we've struggled in the past is we have these stud recruits come in and then they don't see the field until they're a junior you know, or even a sophomore. And then all of a sudden they're a junior, they're a starter, but they haven't been on the road at, in Columbus or, you know, at Penn state, you know, and all of a sudden they crumble, you know, that's what it seems like we're, where we struggle the most. So um, getting these guys reps um, and whether it be different packages or sub them in for a few plays, get our guys some rest. Um, you know, I think we got to um, help these guys transition into their roles. Yeah, well said. I think, uh, I think, I think that's well said. Um, I mean, like I'm trying to point out here, we have a lot of depth at a lot of these defensive positions, which I think puts us in a good position uh, to play against the highly ranked, high level teams. Mm-hmm. For sure, that's what you got to have to to keep up for for uh, four quarters. Oh yeah. Well, I'll mention something too. The um. 
I think in years past, right, it's not necessarily been like, well, we've had some issues, I think, with our secondary um, and also trying to deal with the speed that guys, you know, teams like Ohio State have. Um, I think this year, though, I'm a little bit more, I feel more secure or safe or, you know, with the, the DBs that we have. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that this defense is going to be really good. We're going to be really fast. Um, and I think Don Brown last year, even though Ohio State didn't work out the way we wanted it to, like you did see him put some zone in there. So I think he's obviously aware of it. Um, so I think the defense over the past several years is kind of like a learning process. And I think this defense with the amount of speed that we have is really going to end up being uh, one of the best defenses in the country. So I'm excited. And I think guys like Dax Hill, Cameron Grone, um, who are super fast, I think they're going to lead that um, that on both levels. I'll say I'll say one more thing about the defense too, and, and even last year's defense was I thought it was a great defense, except for you know three plays a game. That's when we we got hurt. You know I I think back to the Wisconsin game we gave up you know Jonathan Taylor on a you know seventy yard run or something like that. You know that and that's not even what Wisconsin does. They pound the ball, but. Same thing with Penn State. We gave up, you know, two or three big balls to K- to KJ Hamler. Ohio State. We gave up long passes to these guys after, you know, we'd stop them on first down, second down, and then all of a sudden they they throw it deep and and make the big play. And so, you know, that's where we've gotten hurt and where we need to, you know, this is a it's a great defense and it and it um and it has been statistically over Don Brown's tenure here, but. You know, we just can't give up that big play time after time after time. You know, it seems like um, we we are so good for 95% of the game, and then we get beat on those 5%, but they end up in scoring, uh, you know, in whether it's a touchdown or something or just a big play. And so that's where they really have to, um, to um, improve, in my opinion. I think you're 100% right. Um... I mean, yeah, giving up the big plays has been huge for us, obviously. I mean, I think of that big pass play against or against Penn State to Hamler from last season. And that just yep. that was a knife in the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack, Nate, you guys got anything to add to that? No, man. No. All right. Nope. <clears throat> well, with that, I think we'll wrap it up. If anybody has anything else to say, I mean... Nope, doesn't sound like it. So, I think it's. <laughs> <We're laughs> think done. it's time to we'll wrap it up. Um, so check us out on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Blue by Ninety, and check us out on YouTube at Blue by Ninety Podcast. Um, everybody, um, everyone's good. Yeah, go blue. St- yep, stay go safe. Blue. Go blue. Yep, go blue. Thanks. <laughs>